and all that's available to us. God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. I am glad that you are here. And before I preach, I'd like to make a few comments and statements regarding what is going on in the world. I have fielded several telephone calls and text messages this week about me as a pastor and my view, my thoughts, uh, my counsel. And so I want to take a few minutes before I preach and let you know what my position is on what's happening in the world. It's not my message. But those that are watching online, I want you to hear me too. And of course, our services are always archived on several medias. And so you can go back and share with your friends or somebody you think that is needful of this information. As I begin to kind of look at my situation as a pastor and pastoring a little over 300 people and some people are concerned and some people are not that concerned and some people are very concerned. And so everybody has a different view and I'm not sure exactly how much the media exploits it or embellishes it. I can't speak to that, but I want to give you a pastoral heart for a few minutes and as I kind of go back often into the Word of God, when I, there's a, that's my point of reference. That's my threshold of reality and the possibilities or what happened back then and what happens today and the correlations and the similarities. And in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13, this is kind of when the plague was, were going through Egypt. And God's people were protected because they put the blood on the doorpost. And I know we're not putting blood on our doorposts. I'm not recommending that, and that's not my point. But we've got the Spirit of God now that lives inside of us. It's the blood of Calvary. It's a spirit. So in my mind, maybe there's some correlation. In Exodus 12 and 13, it says, But the blood of your houses will be a special sign. When I see the blood, I will pass over your house. I will cause bad things to happen to the people of Egypt, but none of these bad diseases will hurt you. One translation. I thought that was interesting. If you're taking notes to share, that reference is Exodus 12, 13. That rendition is, says, and these bad diseases will not hurt you. Chronologically moving through the Bible in Psalms 91, 10, and 11. Psalms 91, 10, and 11. One rendering says this way, So nothing bad will happen to you. No diseases will come near your home. He will command his angels to protect you wherever you go. That's Psalms 91, 10, and 11. Moving chronologically into the New Testament, Mark 16, 17 through 19, it says the, this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's Mark 16, 17 through 19. And we are an apostolic church, and we're an apostolic believers, and we are the 21st century apostolic church. And so my reference as I lean into that scripture, and I firmly believe this, that if you do these things, if it happens to you there, that God will protect you. That's not to say that you do those on purpose to prove how great God is. Watch as I drink this Drano. Hallelujah. No. Okay, that's just plain stupidity. You're probably going to die. And then I don't, know, I don't know how to explain that at your funeral. And you can't blame that on faith. But 
I do believe if I inadvertently drank something that was poisonous, I didn't know. I thought it was water and someone left a cup of bleach out. I'm an apostolic believer. And I also believe in the scripture. It says, and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That happens all the time. So somewhere in my apostolic mind, it says, and any disease that overcomes the country, these signs shall follow them that believe. They will remain healthy and strong and vigilant as an apostolic believer. I step into Romans chapter 1 and verse, I'm sorry, chapter 8 and verse 31, and I like this rendition. It says, what can we say about all this? If God be for us, who can be against us? What can I say about all this? I don't know. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So here's my pastoral, maybe advice, my view, that we're going to be cautious, but I don't want us to overreact. I want to lean into faith and not fear. I'm not going to go be licking the handrails at the airport. That's silly. If I live my life with precaution, maybe we go through a drive-thru today after church and we eat at home. That's a controlled environment. And he says he'll give you a sound mind. That's what that is. Just be simple, be logical, be safe. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And no disease shall come to my house. And so just like this word of God works with a new birth when you repent, you're baptized in Jesus' name, we believe your sins are washed away. I can't literally see that, but that's what the word of God says, and we believe it. So you come up a brand new creature. I can't literally see a force shield around me or you, but I just believe by faith, if I'm diligent and I am of a sound mind, then God, Scripture says, that nothing shall come to my home. That's a promise, God. You promised me that. And God's saying, yes, so live by faith so that my promise is activated. Don't be fearful in, in times of uncertainty. And so that's what I've tried to tell people that have contacted me this week. And I want this church and I want our own online people that are watching that we are monitoring the threat daily. I'm researching and listening the news from the White House the CDC, our state, our county, and our city. I'm tuning in daily to help guide us as a church. I got an email Friday before closing time from the city. They've closed church in the park. They say we are not doing nothing in a public arena or events all the way through April. We're doing no Easter egg hunts this year, nothing. So there is no church in the park. I submit to that. I follow the rules of the land. We're not going to meet. We'll regroup. We'll have church. So all I'm telling you is as information comes down and we sort through it, just know that the leadership of this church is going to make wise, godly decisions, and we're going to put nobody in harm's way. We're not going to expect anybody to do something that is not of a sound mind. And as we kind of work through this, and we don't know if it's peaked yet, we don't know if it's we're on the downhill side, I don't know that. 
But at any point, just know this, Pastor, if you feel, hey, I need to watch online, I respect that. I don't want you to feel guilty. We're going to do what we feel is right. I would just say, let's make sure we don't overreact. But don't underreact. Where's the middle? That's what's hard to find. And so as a pastor, as a church, we have church today. You know, there's people watching online. We're not all here. I respect that. You don't feel bad. A lot of the statistics have been with older people. And we need and love our older people. The faster I approach that, that becomes very precious to me. And so any of us that are here or watching online, if you feel this week, you know what, I want to play it safe. I respect that, okay? Please don't worry if I'm going to be bad or if you're going to be, if I'm going to be mad at you. I want to be wise. And we'll assess next Sunday's service as we get closer and we'll communicate digitally for our options for next Sunday. Again, an email went out Saturday. I printed out a few copies in case you didn't get the email or if you don't get it, that means you're not on our email distribution list. Please see the connect table. But in order to get updates, what we're going to decide for next Sunday, that will be done digitally through the app, through email, could be texting. So if you want to make sure that we have your information, please see the connect table because we're going to be making some decisions this week about next Sunday. Things could lift in a, in a week. Things could get worse. We're just going to have to make a decision on Friday or Saturday. Okay, this is how we're going to do church on Sunday. So just be mindful of that. As I was coming in this morning, I was listening to the KNX radio station, uh, and they said, as of this morning, that there are 53 people confirmed that has been diagnosed with the coronavirus in L.A. County, and only two of them have been hospitalized. According to Google, there are 10.1 million in L.A. County people. So all I'm saying is when I put it in perspective, okay, two hospitalized out of 10.1 million, 53 people diagnosed out of 10.1 million. I'm not minimizing their diagnosis, and I pray the people that are in the hospital come out fully healed and restored. You understand? That's I'm not... I'm just saying when I zoom out and I try to be of a sound mind, it's around us, but it hasn't overtaken us. And so I want us to continue to be prayerful. Ask, pray for all pastors. There are pastors in pulpits around the world this morning trying to figure out what do we do. There's governments. There's countries. You know, last week Italy just locked down the whole country. So somebody somewhere has to make these decisions. As far as our local church falls on myself and the staff, so I would cover it your prayers that we still believe in God, we're apostolic, but we're not naive and we don't live with our head in the sand. So where's the middle ground? That's the pressure that every pastor faces this week. And again, if you feel you got to make a decision, then I respect your decision. We're going to get through this. The world will get through this, and we will be better people, and our faith maybe is elevated, and I'm, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to live our lives cautious, and I just want to say thank you for coming today. Those of you here, those of you that are watching online, I do respect you, so please, you're watching online. There's no, this is a no-guilt zone. We're trying to figure it out. 
You made a decision for your family. You're the high priest of your home. It's okay. Enjoy digitally, and God bless you for tuning in today. And I, I sincerely mean that. Every Friday, we have prayer from 6.30 to 7. That will maintain. I think that has to maintain, right? <laughs> okay, we cannot just, okay, I can't go into prayer. Wait a minute, are you apostolic? Somebody needs to keep praying for this situation. And thank you, Brother Mark, for doing that. President Trump has made today's a national day of prayer because of all this. So churches all over America are praying for the leadership, the wisdom, the vaccine, the medical industry, the testing kits, etc. And so if you are up to it and you feel like it would be something you would do, this coming Friday is prayer 630 to 730. They're not going to emphasize ladies' prayer, which I think this week is the normal, the third Friday. But the doors will be open if you want to come in here and pray and sit. You don't have to touch nobody. You don't have to talk to nobody. Talk to God. But even if you don't come, please know people are down here praying for us and praying for you and praying for protection and praying for wisdom. There is a prayer team. There's a group of people that come here no matter what, rain or shine, disease or plague. I think that church house is the safest and cleanest place in the city. And to the Barumans that are cleaning this month, they did extra sanitizing, all the touch points. They went to multiple stores to buy multiple products. And so they're not here right now, but they worked very hard yesterday so people could be at peace sitting in the chairs that have been disinfected. And we're doing our due diligence. So just to let you know, we are acutely aware of it and we're navigating through and have peace. Be at peace. What shall we say about these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let me preach to you for a few moments this morning. I wanted to take part of my time to explain all this, and so I'm okay with that. But give me a few minutes. I'm going to turn your attention to Numbers chapter 13. Out of honor and respect for the Word of God, if you're able to stand, that would be appropriate. Reading from Numbers chapter 13 and verse 23. The Bible says, And when they reached the valley of Eshcol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them along with some pomegranates and figs. The place that was called the valley of Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israel, Israelite community at Kadesh, Kadesh excuse me, in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it flowed with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Verse 28 starts with, but. But. That word implies, Brother Foster, a little seed of doubt. A little what ifs. Hey, we're apostolic and 
this virus has taken over and everybody's shutting down and I believe in God but if I get sick pastor somewhere in the whole context some pastors are going to be blamed for the, the people getting sick I just feel it in my bones not me of course but some pastor in America but there's always a little seed of doubt I want to preach to you on this subject follow the encouragement follow the encouragement Heavenly Father once again I stand behind a sacred desk and I preach to people online and in person I pray that the prophetic profound word of God will go forth administer to somebody a family a situation God that a word of encouragement that they can follow they can embrace they can chase they can preserve today comes from this pulpit we are apostolic and we are spirit-filled, God. We are wise and we are prudent. And I pray that the Word of God will confirm these things to your people this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you receive it, would you shout amen? Amen. amen. God bless you for standing. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being here again. I'm preaching about follow the encouragement. Grapes, the most important fruit, upon it once hung the future of a nation. When the children of Israel came to the end of their journey in the wilderness, on the verge of the promised land, Moses in his wisdom sent 12 men in to spy out the land. In one place, just before they came back to the camp, they cut down the Bibles of the cluster of ripe grapes, which was so large that it took two men to carry between them, hanging on a staff. This was interesting to me. It took two men to carry on a staff, and did a little research, and some Bible scholars believe that the cluster of grapes weighed between 15 and 25 pounds, larger than any cluster we've ever seen here in America, no doubt. They named the place where they found this bunch of grapes Eshkol, the word which means cluster in Hebrew. And this is what they said. We walked all over the land. We found it rich. There is grass for our flocks and our fields where, the, where we can raise grain. The trees are bearing fruit, and the streams are running down the sides of the hills. But we found that the people who live there are very strong, and they are men of war. They have two cities with walls which reach almost to the sky. And some of the men are giants, so tall that we felt like we were grasshoppers standing beside them. End quote. They saw the promised land. They saw what they had been journeying for after 40 years. They saw what they pictured from when they left Egypt in a dismal situation. But they returned with a cluster of grapes from the valley of Eshkol. Not coincidentally, I don't think, but the promised land is finally secured. You see, Joshua and Caleb are the only two ones from that period that were alive to enjoy the promised land. They came back and said, hey, this is all true, but be careful about this. The grapes were the first fruit of the promised land. Imagine back 40 years where Moses said, hey, we're going to leave this place, this dismal place, and there was blood on the doorpost, and, and there's plagues coming through, and we're pushing against Pharaoh, and God's got to get us out of here. But you are protected. Your home is protected. If you obey the voice of God and the man of God, then God will take us out of this place and take us to a land of promise that flows with milk and honey. They finally get to the promised land. And they see some evidence of first fruits. They possessed it, and it was real. They tasted the first fruits. 
And up to that point, they had only heard about the promised land, and they believed it by faith. Now there's something tangible from the promised land. It's not a walk of faith. It's not a walk of hope. It's not a walk of a story. But they came back with pomegranates and figs and grapes. Hey, something tangible. There really is a promised land. There really is a place that flows with milk and honey. We drank of the milk. We ate the honey. We brought back some of the proof here. Hey, this is going on. But they refused the encouragement. They looked past the grapes and they saw the giants and the cities and the walls and the streams and all these things they had to overcome. They could not get past what God was trying to tell them to do. That's why I say this morning, you need to follow their encouragement. I believe that they brought back the grapes and the figs and the pomegranates as a point of encouragement. Exhibit A in the court, if you please. Your Honor, we represent Exhibit B, a cluster of grapes of what is in the city. But the jury rules against them. They don't take the evidence of what has happened here. The irony of this whole thing is those that made it into the promised land, those that enjoyed the promises of God were those that follow the evidence and the encouragement by the grapes, Joshua and Caleb, and those people made it in. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm here to preach to you this morning that you follow the encouragement. God may show you little nuggets along the way. He may show you little victories, little points of healing. But when I realize, when I put all those things together, that God is still in control, and he is the Alpha and the Omega, and he's the beginning of the end, I may not see the whole land or the whole picture or the whole healing or the whole reconciliation but God spoke to my heart and he says hey here's a grape here's a cluster here's a pomegranate hey you are in the right place at the right time and you don't have to believe by faith you can touch it now because my word is true and my promises are true so I just say follow the encouragement I'm reminded of the story of Hansel and Gretel the story is set in medieval Germany Hansel and Gretel are the children of a poor woodcutter When famine settles in over the land, the woodcutter's wife, the stepmother to Hansel and Gretel, decides to take the children into the woods and leave them there to fend for themselves so that she and her husband will not starve to death during the famine. The woodcutter opposes the plan but finally reluctantly submits to the wife's scheme. But unaware, Hansel and Gretel have overheard them talking. After the parents have gone to bed, Hansel sneaks out of the house and gathers some white stones as he can, and he returns back to the house, reassuring Gretel that God has not forsaken them. The next day, the family walks deep into the woods and goes to gather wood, the father does. And while they're gone to gather wood, the father never comes back. But along the way, the children begin to drop the little shiny white rocks. Gretel cries out, but Hansel tells her, hey, everything's going to be fine. After nightfall, what we'll do is we'll follow the shiny pebbles back to the house and arrive by in the morning, one little pebble at a time. They find their way back, arriving in the morning, and the father is overjoyed and takes them back in, and he was very upset that he had to leave them in the first place. And after a while, the famine strikes again. The stepmother insists that taking the kids back to the forest to leave them. This time, she locks the door to the room so Hansel cannot get out to gather pebbles. Clever Hansel crumbles up the small pieces of bread that he has given by his parents to eat for dinner, and he sprinkles the breadcrumbs this time along the path. Unfortunately, as life has it, the birds come and eat the crumbs, 
and they can't find their way back home. But after searching for a very long time, they come up on a house in the woods made of bread cake and sugar. It's the little pebbles in the Hansel and Gretel story of the breadcrumbs that they thought was there. That just one step at a time, one step to the path back to home. And as I was studying, I got to thinking about a little bit of how you follow the encouragement. And God places little victories in your life along the way. And God speaks into your situations along the way. And there are things that take place there as you're making your way back to your father's house or you're making your way back to a house of victory or you're making your way back to a house of faith. I'm just here to encourage somebody today that no matter what happens in the woods or what happens in the city or what happens along the world, God has been so good to his people and so good to his church and God has blessed our lives and God has spoken into our lives and God has healed us and God has restored us and I'm going to look at all the good things and I'm going to follow the encouragement in times of uncertainty say pastor how's all this going to turn out I don't know how it's going to turn out but I know God is good and I have peace in the midst of the storm and my family is healthy and we have food in our house and we live in America and we can come and go and we can have church I'm looking at some of the great things along the way not knowing where it's going to turn out or how it's going to turn out but I know I'm going to follow the encouragement along the way I'm believing in the small things They are the signs that God is directing your steps. And so just because you cannot see the big picture in anything in your life, I'm not just focusing in on the coronavirus this morning, but there's other things in your life in our life that maybe you struggle with or that you're up against and you're, you're, you're challenged. And all I'm saying is look at what God has already done in your life. When the children of Israel got to Canaan, it wasn't a, step, a faith journey. It wasn't a step of hope. It was a reality. I got something tangible. There really are grapes. There really is milk and honey. There really are pomegranates and figs. I can touch it. I can eat it. I can smell it. I can taste it. And I'm just telling you, when you get to that point in your life, don't look past the grapes. Don't look past the pomegranates and look in there and see giants and sit that are fortified and walls that reach the sky and our grasshopper mentality. I'm just preaching to somebody here this morning that I'm telling you, you're a born-again believer. You're a child of God. You're an apostolic believer. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us and the church of the living God, then nothing shall prosper and nothing shall come against us. And it's the Spirit of God that leads us and guides us and protects us. So I'm looking at some pomegranates and some grapes And I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to believe in the grapes and not my fear. The problem is that they convinced people that it was fear over faith. Can I just encourage us as we move forward as a nation and a world and people as you manage your families to lean into faith and not fear. Be diligent. Be of a sound mind. Be logical. But remember, we do serve a mighty God. And I've given you scripture this morning after scripture where things came against God's people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, even after the day of Pentecost, people that were filled with the Spirit after the day it was poured out upon them, that we are just like them. We are the 21st century church. And through every situation, God sustains and protects and restores his people. I'm going to keep my trust in God. I'm going to keep my faith in the Word of God. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, the same thing he did in the book of Exodus is the same thing he's going to do today in Old Town Temecula. Why? Because God doesn't change. Follow the encouragement. This is a word of encouragement. 
Trust the process. Hey, we got to the promised land, and now we're going to talk ourselves out of it. No, here's grapes. But watch this. They looked past the grapes, and they lost sight of it, and they lost sight of the promised land, a most critical key. Never lose sight of the grapes. The grapes of the promised land, the grapes of your own promised land. Where we're going, we're going to heaven. We're on a journey. And throughout the journey, God will give you grapes and pomegranates and breadcrumbs along the way from one point to the other, from one promised land to the other. And I'm preaching to you this morning to let you know that God does know exactly what's going on in this world. And there's a lot of believers worldwide that are praying and that are trusting in God and that are walking by faith. And people are having church all around the world. I just, I'm just i a live feed with the Pentecostal Church in Dublin, Ireland. They're having church in Ireland this morning. They're doing what they do. We do what we do in the pulpit. We lift up a holy God. God comes down and he blesses his people. And they we do it again and we figure things out as we go. But I want to hear, I want you to hear me this morning. I want to push back on fear. And I want to place that word with faith and say, if God is for me, I'm going to be logical, I'm going to be mindful, I'm going to be reasonable, but I'm not going to quarantine myself in away from God and what God can do and wants to do in a situation like this. And in some situations, God might show him so, so mildly to you that you might get a revelation of just how great God is and how loving God is, and how protecting God is. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, the prophet said. And according to my scriptural references, I think I can easily say no plague and no disease. And I can support myself with the scripture if I need to. If my faith doesn't support it, this supports it. Black and white. And when I can read it in black and white, it's kind of like if we would have came back from the promised land and brought the cluster of grapes. Hey, I told you there were grapes there. And when you saw that and you ate one, say, wow, it's true. What God said in Egypt is true. Forty years later, all the meandering, all the frustration, all the bad attitudes, all the bad spirits, but it's true. Let's possess the land. Let's move forward. Whenever you move forward in any situation, there's always uncertainty and there's always questions you don't have answers to. If you answered every question before you move forward in a job career, in marriage, in a purchase of a house, a purchase of a car, what you're going to buy for groceries, if you answered every question, you would never move in life. You would just sit still wondering what the real answer is to all the questions. Say, hey, I've got a confidence we're moving forward because God is in control, and I'm going to lift up God, and I'm going to find a place to pray, and I'm going to ask God to push through all of the negativity that comes through the media and give me a word of faith and that I can believe in God in times of uncertainty. It's easy to read it, but now it's in my life, and I'm going to prove to God I'm a believer, I'm an apostolic believer, and I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe in the power of faith, and I'm going to follow the encouragement. Why? Because we just worship right here, my friend, and they sing amazing songs and brought us into the holy of holy to me that's a point of encouragement hallelujah 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 praise god brother mark bring a couple team praise team members up i want to kind of close my thought as a word of encouragement that last song that we sing that is so powerful what are you saying pastor i'm simply saying this follow the encouragement for me that song is encouraging me. That's my proverbial grapes. 
that the praise team comes out and says, hey, look, we got some grapes from the promised land. You don't have to walk by faith. You don't have to picture what grapes look like. You don't have to assume how big they are. Hey, I'm giving you some evidence, some tangible evidence that God's promises are true. And I know he promised them to us 40 years ago, and it took us 40 years to get here, and now we need to all move in here and enjoy the promises of God. What are you doing? Follow the encouragement. And for those of you that are on the job tomorrow and you're getting a lot of negative pushback from people, no, don't go with that. Follow the encouragement. You share this message with people. Again, online viewers, listen to me. I respect it. There's a no-guilt zone. But be encouraged. We're going to live, we're going to be cautious, and we're going to trust God. And everybody around the world is trying to figure it out. So obviously there's no black and white answer. Everybody can make their own choice, their own option. All I'm saying is follow the encouragement. And follow the voice of God and the spirit of God. And be encouraged. Don't live fearfully. Don't live woe is me. Can I tell someone? The sky is not falling in. I've seen, and you've seen on all the media posts of how all these things, Brother Foster, that has preceded the coronavirus, the Zika virus, SARS, I can't, there's, there's a lot of them, right? And again, I'm not trying to minimize anything. All I'm saying is things happen and things come and go and we survive. All that is, that media post is a reference point. That, hey, this is item number, I don't even know it, item number 15. We're not opening ourselves for viruses, but I'm not locking myself in the closet either. A sound mind. Coupled with faith, I think I'm going to be okay. Just the heightened pandemonium of people in the stores. You know, the parking lots look like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I was in, I just stopped by Sprouts yesterday. I "Ah, think we're getting low on some bananas. Going there, there's like three bananas. So I thought, well, praise the Lord. It could have been none. And they, were, they weren't even green. They were yellow. So I just scoop up the three bananas. Uh, maybe they have an end cap display, right? Walked all over sprouts. And I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, do not let bananas become like toilet paper. I don't know what those two have to do with anything, but. So I'm in line at sprouts. She goes, okay. She goes, that's all you have? No, I'd actually like five, but you only had three. So I say, okay, whatever, 69 cents. So the, the employee behind me was going on his break. He had some little drink up there. He says, you got any bananas? I said, yeah, that's, that's all you guys you got any in the back? He says, no. He goes, we normally sell like 600 pounds. I don't remember if he said a day or a week. But anyway, he said, we've sold 1,800 pounds. And a guy was in here today with a shopping cart full of bananas. And he said to, he goes, I said to myself, those are going to go rotten. I said, well, man, I only need three more. Which way did he go? He goes, that's crazy. He goes, but we'll have more bananas tomorrow. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not coming tomorrow. 
Okay, thank you. All I'm saying is just the, the reaction to people. If we're not careful, that reaction from the world or people can press in on our faith. that media can bleed into the church. And if we're not careful, I'm just going to encourage us. If we're not careful, we become like people that don't know God and we become fearful. Okay? And then we... Now watch, some of you are going to run home and try to buy bananas today, right? Oh, pastor got the last of the bananas in Riverside County. Maybe I did. So then I started eating apples or something. I mean, there's other fruits, right? Grapes, pomegranates, figs. We'll figure it out. But just make sure in your environment outside church that that environment doesn't cause you to react in an ungodly manner as opposed to trusting in God. That's my encouragement this morning. Just follow the encouragement. Amen. Could you stand with me? Praise team. You know that song we just closed in? That's it. I'm going to ask the praise team to pray or, or sing rather. If you want to come pray. We don't have to touch everybody. We don't have to hug everybody. We, we love everybody. Can we, can we establish we love everybody and nobody's rude this morning? Hey, listen to me. I get, this is how the devil works, okay? We can't touch, can't shake hands. Someone's going to get mad at some pastor. The pastor didn't shake my hand. I'm not going back to church. That's how the devil exploits stuff, right? Now, I know that's goofy, but let's just, hey, we love God. We know we love each other. Our social distancing, okay, I respect all that. We're going to be wise. But take faith and take hope. Follow the encouragement. Praise team, help me. Amen. If you want to pray, the altars are open. You want to pray where you're standing. I respect that. God bless all of you. We'll communicate with you this week. Make sure we have your communication digital stuff at the connect table. We'll keep you apprised this week many times throughout the week. God bless you. I love you. The God's church wins in every situation.